the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1440 KYCR Golden Valley, your exclusive Twin Cities home for the Ramsey Show. Live weekday afternoons from 1 to 4. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. With college presidents under fire for dodging questions about anti-Semitism, the president of Harvard is now apologizing for comments at a congressional hearing that failed to denounce threats of violence. Harvard's president, Claudine Gay, tells the Crimson student newspaper she's sorry she failed to properly denounce threats of violence against Jewish students, saying she got caught up in a heated exchange on whether calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard's code of conduct. At Tuesday's House Education Committee hearing, she drew ire when she said it depended on the context. The presidents of MIT and the University of Pennsylvania are also under fire for similar responses. Wealthy donors and some members of Congress are calling for their resignations. I'm Jackie Quinn. More on these stories at SRNews.com. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again, playing high school sports. Workouts that stimulate, teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real, and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports, it's so much more than a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. If you're going to fix complicated problems, you have to learn how to fix simple problems first. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning and welcome. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. Um, got the uh, the winter boots on because it looks like we're going to get snow up here pretty uh, during the day today. Uh, but, uh, heck, you know, it's past the, uh, it's past Pearl Harbor Day. If there's not snow on the ground, I look like, hmm. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, there's a point where you want the snow to cover the leaves that you didn't rake. We're there. <laughs> We're there. Because 
I have a couple trees that just drop their leaves late, and uh, I never really get to them in the fall. I don't get to about half of those. So, yes, I could go outside and rake those things, but, gosh, there's all kinds of other things to do. Uh, I didn't even ask uh, Spencer about this. I don't know if anyone's paying attention to uh, the NBA in-season tournament, but I've actually been enjoying that quite a bit. Um, so. So looking forward to the the final tonight. And I know it's pro basketball, and a lot of people don't like pro basketball. Maybe maybe the fact that the Timberwolves are having a great season so far will uh, encourage more people to watch uh, NBA on a more regular basis. Uh, right now, right now, Timberwolves, I believe, are holding the best record in the NBA, uh, and uh, that's pretty exciting. Uh, through about one fourth of that, believe it or not, one fourth of the season's already done. Uh, in 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 uh, pro basketball, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven on a job Saturday uh, here on the King Banging Show. Job support did pretty much everything you'd expect on the one number that if you if you remember one number, most people will remember what was the number for non farm payroll, which is interesting. I would say to you, twenty five years ago, very few people focused on. That number instead focused on the unemployment rate. But since the unemployment rate basically went to 3 to 4% and stayed there for long stretches of the last 10 years, we have turned over time to focus, being focused more on that non, non-farm payrolls number. I will remind you, as I, as I try to do here on the show, that... That number is always subject to a few revisions. It is a noisily measured piece of information. There are, there are two surveys. The non-farm payroll number comes from a survey of businesses by looking at, basically by looking at tax records. And on the, pay, on the household side, it comes from, from using the tools of the U.S. Census to call 60,000 households in the United States uh, sampled in a very scientific way to be sure you've covered all the various demographics, geographics that you need need to do that, and then providing you with an estimate. The payroll survey is probably measured with smaller error than the, than the household survey, but both of them give you good information. It's not the same information. That payroll number came in at 199, which was just about what you thought it would do. But you need to put it in some context. Context one, and I used uh, Twitter to get at this for you, to give you a tweet that came out from Diane Swank earlier uh, earlier this week. Um, uh, and And... Wanted wanted to cover that. It was was it the Swank P? I thought I had. Yes, here it is. Um, some of the wage changes is a function of the which I tweeted this. Some of the wage change that we're going to talk about today is a function of which types of workers you're adding. Who was added in this survey? Well, we brought back all those folks that had been on strike uh, in Detroit with the auto workers. Those jobs are high-paying jobs. So when you bring back thirty to f- about thirty thousand auto workers, that's the, that's about the delta there. I'll give you a little more detail. We'll dig we'll dig a little deeper pro- probably in the next segment. When you add thirty thousand workers, um, when you add thirty thousand workers to to that pool and they all have high wages, it will pull the average number up. Another thing that will happen is, another thing that will happen is, um, you add, when you add government workers, government workers typically are pretty well compensated. And more important, I mean, unless you ask them, then they'll say, I don't make enough. But, like everybody else. Uh, and they, and, we added in these data. I will point out. I should get. I'll get this. Get the the total number here. If you look, total non-farm is one ninety nine. Total private is one fifty. 
So that means you added 49,000 government workers. We've seen a kind of a spree of government hiring at about 50 to 60,000 additional government workers per month over the last three months. So that has been boosting the, the high-end number. And that has in some ways replaced the hiring in the first half of the year, which had added a lot of had added a lot of workers to leisure and hospitality. Before that, adding a lot of workers to retail. Those ads um, brought in low wage, lower waged workers. And these lower-waged workers, therefore, pulled down the overall measures of wage inflation. So you have to dig a little deeper to figure out when we see the number, and, and, you'll, and part of the narrative we're going to hear in, I've got, um, I think, eight clips of people talking about these results. If you listen to the eight clips, You'd think to yourself, oh, wage inflation was a little bit higher. This might, this might cause the Fed to be a little, more, a little more cautious about cutting interest rates in 2024 because they haven't seen wage inflation come down yet. There is a composition factor to this. I don't think the wage, inf- I think the wage inflation issue if, that you take out of this report might be a little bit overstated. And so I retweeted this this. This tweet from uh, Diane Swank, a very well-known business economist, uh, to point out that that one of the points she made in her tweet was very interesting in in terms of trying to peel back what's happening inside inside that number. So wages rose substantially. If I dig inside that, right, wages rose by uh, twelve cents on a- average hourly earnings. And weekly earnings there for were up about seven and a half dollars. Someone asked me um, through um, through Twitter yesterday how I use these numbers to do a GDP uh, forecast. The answer is I always use the average. I use try to use average weekly hours, not the payroll number. I need to know how many additional hours of work did I have happen if I'm putting. If I think about what goes into GDP, I've got three components that I can take on it, looking at production. I can take, I add two, two general kinds of input, one labor and the other capital. And then to that, I have this underlying growth that comes from productivity. And so I, I compute, I take a look at what happens with that that particular weekly, that hours number, I plug that in. I then add on my base number for productivity gain, which is which runs at about one, which right now I think is running at about 1% a year. I don't think we have 2% productivity growth as an underlying factor. I can adjust that a little bit for fluctuations and what I think is deviations from trend. If I want to get more precise using that, I can. And then and then I'm just going to, you know, and some and the other input is of course capital, but capital changes happen very slowly, and they have not much impact on current level GDP. So I typically either toss that away or put in a fudge factor for it, um, and and that and so you that's basically a formula I might use, and I teach this to my students in forecasting. I said, you know, I have. I have an entire class of knowing that's titled something. It's been so long since I've taught it. I forget how I exactly titled this. It's like, if all you have is theory in the back of an envelope, how to forecast GDP. Um, That, you know, meaning I don't have access to uh, a big macro model. I don't have uh, access to a lot of things. But I wrote this at a time when you didn't have free software like like R or Python running around out there. You don't have ChatGPT or or Gemini or Bard that you can rely on to grab information. That, that, that I just you just don't have those things. I can I can then go out. So it was a way to do it back in the day when 
frankly, I would sit with a small sheet of paper. My, I will tell you, just to give you a little insight in my desk, my desk has all these little pads of paper, like like three by three, three by three little bits of paper, and I write things on them, and I leave them till till I think I don't need them anymore, and then I throw them away. And, and I go through one of these pads, like, gosh, every two to three weeks. I don't use Post-it notes; they're expensive. I don't need I don't need to stick it onto something. If I do, they have this thing called Scotch tape. Y'all vote created this up here in minnesota i use it (laughs) right but i only use a couple little pieces every week uh i don't need post-it notes i i would i I would cost the i would cost my employer money if i use those um but so little detour to that but just to say if i looking at the information for for now october and november and I look at those weekly hours figures, negative 0.2 for October, plus 0.3 for November. GDP currently is tracking at a positive growth rate uh, for Q4. Not a big one. I still think I, I think it'll be 1% to 1.5% when we get to the end of January and announce that first number. But th- that first estimate of the number, right now it's tracking to about 1% to 1.5%. But I think the GDP forecast uh, that you get from this report, this was, in short, a good report. It's got positive output growth. It's got, I mean, positive employment growth. Wage growth is there, although I think a little overstated. Um, and then the big, the biggest piece that I think you should pay attention to is actually what happened in the household survey with labor force participation. We'll talk about those measures right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on a job Saturday on the Biz 1440. My husband got involved in day trading and has lost about $150,000. Whoa. Um, $4,800 a month in minimum payments. Direct, honest, The Ramsey Show, weekdays 1 to 4. You want to feel important. You want to be part of something bigger, something that matters and that can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We felt that way too. I am Sergeant First Class David Crow from Farmington, Minnesota, and that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Minnesota Army National Guard soldiers. We are people just like you, and together we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit nationalguard.com forward slash MN to find out more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard, aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-240-4587. That's 800-240-4587. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special and boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Yeah. I've been in the mood for this for quite some time. Um, I, I don't know if you have a favorite album of 2023 because we're getting to that time when it's time to name them. I have to say, uh, there's been uh, a couple of uh, couple of concerts I was sad I missed. One of them, though, was the uh, Peter Gabriel tour. That new album's amazing. Um, and... Uh, I, I bow to nobody in my love of, of uh, prog rock, and uh, this this is just, I, I mean, I, it, it's actually gotten me to open up my my 70s uh, Genesis albums and listen again to the Peter Gabriel years. Okay, yeah. Uh, the Mike Rutherford years? Yeah, put those to one side. Um, <laughs> no, no, you wait over there. Uh, 651-289-4477, the number to call with questions and comments. 651-289-4477. Yes, Don, the golf bag is still in the back of my vehicle. Tried to play yesterday. And simply, when I looked at the clock and looked at the obligations I had for the evening, we had, uh, this is, I don't talk about my wife too much on the show. My wife's a, my wife's a pianist, uh, a musician, Plays it plays a lot of church music. I, I she hasn't been home for she hasn't she in the summertime. She's busy because there are a lot of church pianists who take vacation, and she'll just go fill in for them whenever needed because uh, she doesn't have a regular church gig. Uh, but uh, she does work with a couple of choirs, and they don't play in the summer either. So she's always free in the summer. I never see her in December, which is great because when I was a faculty member, you didn't see me in December either because I was hunkered down grading. And uh, and so um, so between uh, what she had to do, what I had to do, we got a new quarterly business report coming out. I'm going to invite you all when we get the when when I've got it finally uh, announced. I'm going to invite you all to come up for uh, an afternoon. We're going to do. Uh, we're going to do an afternoon event for the quarterly business report review uh, for the first time. So that the, those of you that live down the Twin Cities and are like, I don't want to come to St. Cloud for an 8 a.m. thing, get it completely. Uh, would you think about coming up for a 4 in the afternoon something? Uh, we're going to give it a try uh, this time. Just see what see what kind of different group we get, see who would come to it. Uh, could be kind of fun. Um, so we'll, we'll let you know the details on that coming up. But anyway, yeah, I'm still not taking the bag out of the car. Supposedly snow's coming, but if it doesn't come, um, I'm ready to go play tomorrow. I am absolutely 100% ready to go play. Um, 651-289-4477 on a job Saturday. Um, so let's dig to, let's, let's get to the, what I think was the most important piece of this, the household data. The household data showed an ad of 532,000 people into the civilian labor force. Let me repeat that. 532,000 people were added to the workforce. Now, 180 of them come from growth in the population. Everyone who's turning 16 and gets added to that count minus all the people who are estimated to have died during that period. So you have to you have to some sort of figure that out. But but very important number to look at was that the growth in in out of the labor force that we saw in October completely reversed in November. And yes, you could have said some of that was was due to the strike. Not three hundred and fifty two thousand people. Okay, just a matter of getting the getting the uh, uh, magnitudes right. If you told me we added those, you know, the reduction in labor force participation 
of 50,000 was largely due to the noise of the strikes and the ending of the strikes. Yeah, I'd say yeah, maybe that that that's that's a that's a story, but not 352,000. So the fact of the matter is the unemployment rate fell by two tenths percent to 3.7. And that's, like I say, 25 years ago, that is the number you would have heard on the news. The unemployment rate falls two tenths of percent to 3.7, indicating still a very strong, very tight economy. But no. What has happened instead has been, been the fact that you are seeing over time more people coming into the labor force. In November of 22, we had over 100,000 people out of, over age 16 who, 100 million people over age 16 who are not in the labor force. We're now at 99 and a half. It doesn't feel like a lot, but remember, remember, we've added over 3 million people to the civilian population in that same time. We're adding about 3 million people a year to the population, and we have added now, if I, I'm doing math quickly in my head, uh, dangerous, I know. Three about three point three point seven million people to the labor force and to the workforce we've added I'm again doing math quickly in my head so you don't have to about two point seven two point six million people including seven hundred forty seven thousand workers in the month of November. Now always remind yourself it's one month. It can be revised. It can naturally reverse. It's a survey. That survey is noisy. Every one of those statements is true. You can discount this number all you want if you want to. Remember, jobs reports are often, a fo- often are whatever you decide to turn them into. But 747,000 additional household employment is not you're not likely to reverse all 700,000 of it. You're not even likely to reverse a hundred and, you know, 200,000 of it. That is a very significant gain and gets us back somewhat on track. Now I will say Don also mentioned on an, on a separate tweet, um, which now is not showing up in my, in my, my thread. Let me go, let me go see if I can find that. Um, points out, you know, talk about the wage inflation numbers, the noise of the strikes just just basically washed out. We're now back on trend. I think the same is true with the household employment data. I think October was the one that I don't think it was measured with error, but I think the strike had something we didn't quite expect to do. We had a number of people who simply said, well, I'm not working right now. I'm not looking for work right now without ever reporting that they're out on strike or on some kind of work slowdown or some or so forth. So we anyway, there was a one month bit of noise. But in general, my point being, the trend on on labor force participation is moving is moving very slowly up. The trend on the trend on uh, um, the employment to population ratio, which currently stands wrong window. Uh, which currently stands at 60.5, is up. If I go back to November of 22, 59.9. The last three observations, 60.4. Then that 60.2, October being in, in, in uh, looking looking like maybe the outlier, maybe. And then 60.5 for November. Okay. Um, and, and, and And so forth. The number of people unemployed still sits at six, at about six point three, at about six point three million workers. I noticed, and I actually tweeted this to you. Let me go. Let me go find. Let me go find that particular that particular picture. Um, that that the quit rate is now back down to a level. So if I take the look at the the number of job openings to unemployed workers that that is still at 1.3 and getting close to where we were pre-pandemic so pre-pandemic we made a big deal about the fact that the ratio was about equal 
one to one back in 2018 and then just watched it go to 1.1 and then went to 1.2 and all of us in 2019 and all of us looked at that to say all of us forecasters and 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 economics commentators looked at that information and said that's a very it's a very tight labor market a lot of people are looking for workers there i have a couple points to make about that one i don't i i think the labor market is indeed tight but but the way in which employers are responding is very different they do two things one we're relying a lot on online measures like indeed to track for us how many job openings there are employers are dropping a lot more ads i think on indeed as the way and issuing a lot fewer ads in newspapers or the way you and i think if you're my age when i you know when i was 25 you looked for a job by grabbing a newspaper and taking out the classifieds okay I'm willing to bet our children our children don't look for jobs that way. In fact, I, w- I wonder if our children have seen a classified ad. Um, we and, and I now am learning through some research that Indeed has done, some research that we've done here, that certain businesses will post multiple ads for the same job, and then when it's filled, they'll take all the ads down. So you get these rapid run-ups and you get a lot of noise in that data. All of this to say, I, I, I'm looking forward to whether or not Powell, Jay Powell on Wednesday at the FOMC meeting talks about this, you know, job openings, unemployed ratio, the quit rate, and so forth. I think the quit rate data is real. I'm no longer positive that the job openings data is measured. Let me put, let me put this differently because I'm trying to form the sentence while I'm thinking about it. The job openings data has more noise in it. It is less reliable as a measure than I think it was even five years ago. And I think it would be wise for us to take it with a little more caution, a little more skepticism than we have so far. I need to take a break here. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. business owners are you looking for a fast easy way to get the cash you need to keep your business growing strong i'm talking to joel bess president of swish funding and he says he has the perfect solution joel what makes swish funding different thanks mike to start at swish funding we focus on your business revenue not your personal credit score and we're ready to help businesses with funding for overhead expansion inventory payroll or even slow cash flow Next, whether you need $5,000, $500,000, or even $5 million, our process is quick, straightforward, and takes just minutes with funding available in less than 24 hours. That sounds like a winning plan for any business. What does it take to qualify? If you've been in business for over one year and have a monthly revenue of at least $25,000, you can get funding you need the same day. Swish funding really is different. Find out just how easy it is by going to swishradio.com today. That's S-W-I-S-H radio.com. Swishradio.com. Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, Being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD. 
traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness? Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night. Welcome back, Bing Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for being here on Job Saturday. 651-289-4477. 651-289-4477. Number to call questions and comments. Uh, and anything else you'd like to talk about, like uh, what's in your golf bag on a December morning in Minnesota. Golf clubs. Balls. Tees. I play with someone who plays in the wintertime and actually brings a portable drill so that we can get the tea into the ground when the ground is frozen. Okay? That's dedication. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I thought you I thought you'd appreciate that. That guy's a retired that guy's a retired school teacher and he's 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 hilarious. Um anyway, I I am uh, going through a number of 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 these pieces here. So we've talked about the fact that that if I look at the employment data, I get inside here and, and and it looks particularly on the household data. The household data is just fantastic. Um just fantastic. Uh you you couldn't have asked for, for better. But if you go into the the payroll data, and I'm gonna read this because this first I, I the the what I'd call the 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 negative not necessarily negative, but I would say the cautious take on the jobs report, I think Brian Westbury did an, and and uh, and, and uh, Bob Stein did a nice job of uh, of summarizing this. So I'm going to read I'm going to read this to you. Private payrolls ro- rose 150,000 in November itself, while revisions to private months reduced private payrolls by 61,000, bringing the net gain to a modest 89. But that modest net gain, I'm continuing to read to read from Brian and Bob's post, but that modest net gain included about 38,000 fewer workers on strike. Without that strike effect, uh, the net private payrolls would have been about 51,000 for a month for the uh, fewer workers for the month. In other words, although the headlines for the labor market remain strong, they are also consistent with an economy ultimately headed for recession. Now that's about as negative a piece as I've seen uh, anyone. I thought I thought that was that was um, and I thought that was okay. That's a pretty bold take. So let me let me dig into that um, that industry sector piece so we can we can pull it apart for you. Um, I've got to slide myself over a second so I can read the entire piece. So yes, indeed, one hundred fifty thousand. Net jobs created uh, 150,000 net jobs in the private sector, 29,000 in goods producing. So if you if you take his 38,000 their 38,000 number as being right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can confirm the 38. I actually had motor vehicles and parts with a change of 30,000. That leaves all of the other durable goods at 6,000 jobs added. Um, with some decline and some declines elsewhere, but but then but then the ne- the negative number is a negative eight thousand on non durable goods. Construction still adding two thousand jobs, n- basically basically nothing, and most of it's on the residential side. 
uh, although heavy in civil engineering construction, which often represents public public uh, investment, uh, roads, bridges, government buildings, etc., added added uh, three thirty three hundred jobs in the month. Uh, there's about one point one million workers in that area, so you can see it's it's not a huge piece of it, but it's a significant piece of it. Um, but data that I get from local uh, from local area builders indicates to me that at least on the residential side, there's still building going on. Building permits are in our area through the end of September were up from 2022 down from 2020 and 2021 but but up you know up for the year at a time when interest rates are are of course and prices are of course both soaring so if i dig so let let's look again in in that number 29,000 in the goods producing sector pretty much nothing from construction pretty much nothing from mining so so the manufacturing side is flat. It has been pretty flat for the last few months. And it's not a surprise to me that you could dig into that data and say, hey, the manufacturing sector looks like a recession. True. We had 49,000 jobs added in the government sector. I was just going to go back to see where those are. And they're largely in... in um, in, they're pretty much entirely in state and local. None of it's at the federal level. Um, the education sector added uh, added almost twenty thousand workers. Uh, government uh, education sector added almost twenty thousand workers in the month. So that's a piece. That's a piece of that one ninety nine. The other place where employment rose significantly was in healthcare and in healthcare. Uh, 77,000 jobs added there. Half of those in ambulatory healthcare services, so in docs, doctor's offices and dentist's offices and so forth. I think we're still seeing some of that catch up from the fact that the hospital sector was tremendously disrupted for about two, two I would argue, two and a half years. I think it was really not till about a year ago that my ability to chat with people at the hospital about something other than COVID uh, actually actually uh, started to, I could actually get traction again in some of the other things that I work on here at the, at the university. Nursing homes added 17,000 workers in the month, as you might, as you might expect, um, and, and so forth. So on the service side, we really transitioned away from Leisure and hospitality, which added forty thousand workers in the month, pretty much, pretty much all of that in the restaurants. And, and if I go look at retail, um, I have I, I have to roll my my slide up a little bit. Retail lost on on a socially on a seasonally adjusted basis, lost thirty eight thousand. And indeed, I saw. Let me grab this. There was there was this interesting. Uh, 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 slide that uh, that uh, uh, Bill McBride over at uh, Calculated Risk Blog puts up which measures the amount of seasonal retail hiring and we're still at levels that look much more like 2022 where you had about 150,000 seasonal workers added in October, you had 260,000 workers roughly added in November um, if I go back to 2019 that ad for November was about four hundred, about forty, four hundred and eighty thousand workers. So we're almost cut in half the number of workers we're adding in November. The seasonal pattern in the data uh, to, has changed substantially um, uh, over this period. And, and as I look, you know, you're seeing fewer workers added in in. November and December, you're still seeing the same number of people added in October to the point where you wonder, yeah, that's seasonal, I guess, but that's been stable. But it's really this after Thanksgiving shopping period and that uh, period in December. These two weeks 
used to account for a lot more for brick and mortar than they do now. And so I get interviewed. I did an interview on Monday. Uh, I had a, a newspaper interview a couple of weeks ago because St. Cloud is well known for having a significant mall, Crossroads Mall, which serves pretty much all of central Minnesota. There's an, another mall that size. There's a, there's a mall in Alexandria. It's not that big. There's a mall. There's, there's, there's places in Baxter, but they're not, they're not like that. Pretty much everybody north and west of us, within an hour's drive, this mall used to get all of that traffic. It's getting less and less of it. And we're, so we see it here. And I think we're seeing it as well in terms of holiday, holiday, uh, holiday uh, uh, shopping and spending that's happening uh, here, in, uh, here in, in Minnesota and around the nation. And I think this is one of the reasons why I'm even more hesitant about using seasonally adjusted data. I talked about this. Paul Romer, the Nobel laureate, has talked about, I don't like using seasonally adjusted data because the seasonality has changed substantially. I am very, I am very sympathetic to that thought. Um, but I don't think the answer is just to throw the, the seasonal adjustment away and do something else. I think it's a matter of thinking more carefully about how do you want to weight the seasonal uh, the seasonality of past months into the current month i i mean meaning i don't know that i trust the way the the sent the bls is doing this but i don't think it's necessarily wrong i don't know i don't know that they've got it right or wrong i just i'm just little cautious about it but at any rate there is a lot less seasonal hiring happening in retail and i think that's that's played into the fact that these numbers for october have been a little bit on the weak side we're going to take a break here when we come back a little bit more about this we're going to start listening to to what other people have been saying about the jobs report and comment on that here on the king banging show on the biz 
Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news. And then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. What is dedication? People ask how your children learn how to ride a bike and you didn't. I just created an environment where they taught themselves and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The Ramsey Show. And your husband's going to step up and get a backbone and deal with this because you're going to end up really further pissed at him if you don't. Yeah, you're going to end up losing your marriage over this. The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Welcome back, King Bang and Show. This is fourteen forty. See, yeah, got got the feel for it. I've I don't know. I've just had a lot of um, a lot of prog rock on the uh, on the uh, headset when I've been walking across campus this week. Not sure why, but maybe because it's good. It's it's just really good. Um, don't tell don't tell uh, don't tell our friend uh, Mitch Berg about that. Uh, of course, Mitch on this afternoon. I think I'm, I hope I'm right, Spencer. Uh, this afternoon, uh, one to three over our sister station, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Uh, be sure to listen to him, and of course, Brad Carlson, the the, the closer t- on uh, on Sunday, same bat time, same bat channel. Um, the uh, the the so to look at that data. I'm what I've been trying to pay attention to is how much we're seeing in terms of. You know those hourly earning numbers. Looking at the wage data one more, one more time to look at where we added folks. So on average in the private sector, private sector wages in November added twelve cents. We're 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 at a rate where we're adding about four percent uh, per year. Uh, as I look at as I look at that look at that information. Um, so we're just. But that number, that's on a year-over-year change basis. Let me make, I've made this comment before, but I think it bears repeating. You will see lots of people start to report that number over the last three months, over the last six months, since April or, or May or something like that. Every time I see that, I know someone went in, looked at a bunch of different filters, for how they were going to report the data to find the one that gave them the number that fit the story they had in their head. I use year over year. I try to use it consistently. I try not to use different filters for the purpose of reporting. Now, when I'm forecasting something, I might just say, look, the last four months are the only thing that will give me, they will give me 85% of the information I need to figure out what the next two months are going to be. And so I will, I will not give you, you know, the, the, I'll give you the year over year number, but then I'll say, but for the purposes of what I'm doing here, I'm really only using the last four months. I, but I see this happen in reporting quite a bit. And it's just, a, it's, they're not, I will, I'll be, I'm not going to call it dishonest, but I, what I will say is um, if, you have the, if you have the answer in your head, you are very likely to be attracted to data that supports the answer that's already in your head. It is hard for you to turn away from the answer that's already in your head based on the data, you know, you know, when you get data that contradicts it, you tend to discount that data. It's called in the business confirmation bias. And, and confirmation bias is real. Um, so I'm seeing a, a number of commentators and, and folks who use this, you know, these funky three, four, and six-month moving averages so they don't have to pay attention to the first half of the year because they say, well, that's just not important. If it's not important now, was it important? Was important to you in 2021 when you were on Team Transitory? 
because those of us who were looking back then were like, you know, when I wanted to look at those shorter ones, I didn't report them, but I just told you, look, it is normal. If you spend this much money, if the money supply rises by this much, you should see rates rise. This is kind of where the where the really interesting uh, commentary out of this report has happened. We have seen a lot of reports that have, have basically told us, where did I put my cut list here? Here we go. Uh, where, where I think the, the reports have been, where the reporting on this has been very, has been taken to be very positive. I'm going to give you one example of this. This was Rick Reeder. He is a chief U.S. economist for BlackRock. He was on um, he he was on uh, uh, Bloomberg yesterday after the jobs report on on Bloomberg Television, and he had this to say. Let's start with cut number two. Cut two. I mean, you have a different economy than you've had in the past. We had 99,000 jobs in healthcare and education out of 199,000 jobs. So what you, you got to parse the data, and you know you don't have the this standard cyclical economy. You have a service-oriented economy where we're still hiring a lot of nurses and teachers, and it, it manifested itself again today. Which I, I think is interesting because it says what it says really that. Our focus in trying to measure recessions is comes mostly from looking at what we think of as cyclical industries, manufacturing, construction. They're cyclical industries. Even construction, which we think is a cyclical industry, if you're trying to do a forecast based on construction, you wouldn't be saying there's a recession coming in the next six months. They seem to still be doing well. They seem to be the, the construction employment numbers are there. The building permit numbers are there. If you're trying to measure a cyclical economy, you wouldn't you, you, you if you're still doing cyclical forecasting like you did 25 years ago, like I did 25 years ago, those data won't get you to a recession. I, I'll put it this way: in our quarterly business report, we have a I, since 2005, we're fe- we're celebrating our 25th anniversary. Um, so since. Uh, at this one. So for the last 19 years, we've had leading economic indicators. In those 19 years, I've had to change the model four times because the structure of our, of the U.S. economy and the structure of the St. Cloud economy has been going through multiple changes. I think Reader's right. We're going to have to come back to that point in a little bit here. We'll be back, back in a moment with the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot, Arby's Computer Service. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you, and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial-free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I received every night about the most important issues to read about. 
Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours you can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.